Having car problems? Well, with Rhoda, getting them fixed is as easy as ordering takeout. They'll come pick up your car for free, do any repair or maintenance needed, and return it right to your driveway. They'll even give you a complimentary video inspection of your car so you can see what needs to be done. Perfect for those of us that maybe aren't so car savvy. Book your appointment online at roda.com. And lucky for you, CityCast listeners get a 20% discount on any service for up to $100 off. Just use the code CityCast20. Here's what DC's talking about. Most of us have that neighborhood bar that we love. You know the one I'm talking about. The one that has your favorite drink and snacks, the right vibes, the comfortable furniture, and a banging playlist. So what happens when you want to create that from scratch? Troublebird Bar opens tonight in Navy Yard, and the founders, Andrew Hearn and Justin Caradonna, are here to tell me what it's like. It's Tuesday, February 28th. I'm audio producer Julia Karen, and this is CityCast DC. Andrew Hearn and Justin Caradonna, welcome to the show. Woo! Well, thanks for having us, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So tell us all about this new bar that you guys are opening up. What is it? Where is it? Like, give us all of the dirty details. Ooh, uh, the bar is called Troublebird. It is formerly the space that was Maxwell Park Navy Yard, a wine bar over there. And I mentioned that because we're still partnered with Brent Kroll. He owns a few different wine bars now, or well, had a few, and now turning this one to a cocktail bar. The neighborhood was just really asking for cocktails constantly. They were coming in before or after. There's a lot of dinner spots in the neighborhood. And we talked to a lot of people in Navy Yard. And I think a lot of the city feels like they're missing a bit of like this like smaller space. There's a lot of these really grand spaces over there. So to have this little small community uh, meeting point over there that's super casual was really kind of our initial aim for the space. The more we got into it, the more we started thinking about like what we wanted to do there, the more we realized that this is going to be – a spot for the neighborhood. This is, you know, the spot where, you know, folks that have like just moved into Navy Yard or folks that have been there for a couple of years now can really kind of call their own. I think what we're really trying to get excited about and kind of do is kind of stake our claims a place where people can come and just, you know, hang out in the neighborhood. Yeah. So tell me about this name, Troublebird. What is that? It sounds like a place where like you're supposed to get in trouble. You're you're supposed to have a good time. Oh yeah. That was that's Never. that's that's a <laughs> <laughs> No. I think Justin put it best one time where it's it's that bar like that you go to where you you promise yourself it's going to be like just one or two drinks just hanging out and suddenly your friends walk through the door and before you know it it's been three hours and a party party's in full swing and you're like oh that that bar's trouble that was kind of the the impetus behind what what we where the name came from yeah i mean for everything in this project has been really kind of like a full circle thing for us in general her was actually the first friend i remained in dc i moved here from boston Aww. and like this whole like trouble concept goes back to kind of how i got into bars in the first place i was a line cook in boston and the i was underage and the servers after work would sneak me in this little industry bar down the street it's now closed so we can we can talk about it <laughs> okay trouble but uh, this place just had a vibe and i always want to stay there and then i would kind of stumble home at the end of the night <laughs> but when we were talking about bars you know i think we both kind of came back to a little bit of this like comforting aspect of our roots in this industry i think me and drew both have which is like oh that place is trouble you know which can be 
a bad thing, but you know, we're both fairly, I think it's also kind of a joke that like we're both quite mild mannered in general. So I think it's a little bit of an aspirational goal for us to kind of be like, Oh, we're, Oh, we're trouble. Oh yeah. We, we, we shoot, we shoot for rowdy and we settle, gonna... we settle for like cozy and welcoming. Yeah. I was going to say, what is it about this that you think will stand out in the Navy art area? Like you said that people have been like clamoring for kind of a cocktail bar, but like Navy Yard is popping with a bunch of stuff. They have Albi. They've got, you know, Blue Jacket Brewery. They've got a bunch of different, like, formal restaurants and breweries. So, like, why a cocktail bar there? Even just more than a cocktail bar, it's going to be a bar for all seasons. There's a really, really fun dining scene. We're right next door to Albi, which just got named one of the best restaurants in D.C. That's a huge honor for us to, like, call them neighbors. But it's a place that is going to cater to... Anything and everyone that comes down there for like when baseball season kicks off in a couple months time, you know, it's a place to come, you know, before or after the game, you know, a place to grab drinks before or after dinner. Folks that are coming off of work or, you know, are looking to grab a happy hour drink or even, you know, be a date night spot. I think we're looking to just be that place that kind of does a lot of different things and fits kind of a niche that, that the Navy Yard hasn't quite found yet. You know, Navy Yard, there's millions of square feet of office space over there. There's plenty of that happening. You also get the baseball cards, very casual. But we've kind of made a point with uh, – we've done a couple pop-ups now of hammering home this really casual neighborhood vibe. And we've kind of done that by making it the most casual you can be, which is, in our opinion, uh, you know, when you get right out of bed in the morning or when you're going to sleep, there's never a time that you're more kind of disarmed, more casual. So we've been throwing these pajama parties all over the city. The first – Papa, we did, we did in bathrobes, uh, just as like a direct contrast to that feeling. We want to make it like very clear that we have all these residences right around this neighborhood. We want people to be able like, can't sleep tonight. Want to come down and have a conversation. Come on down your PJs, come hang out with us. We have late night food. We're open later than almost anywhere in the neighborhood over there. We want to be that reliable. Like we are always here. We are always welcoming. And we are like militantly casual. Uh, <laughs> if, if, if we can get suits and sweatpants in the same bar at the same time, we've done our jobs. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. And like speaking of that kind of those two opposing things, like why start a bar in D.C.? You could start a bar anywhere in the country, in the world. Like what is it about D.C. that makes starting a bar here so special? Oh, D.C. is such a fun city to be in. I, D.C. goes out in a way that I don't think I've seen any city I've been to. Like, brunch in D.C. is a contact sport. Yeah, uh, like, <laughs> like U Street on a Friday night is also like it's like competitive. Uh, there, 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 is, there are so many, so many reasons and kind of just ways that people find to gather to like party and and for. And sometimes just for the simple heck of it, like this is a town that really loves to seek the joy of like gathering and like being amongst like friends and people. Yeah. And like, I mean, D.C., I mean, lives at kind of a cool crossroads of like it has a little more prestige than a lot of similarly sized cities and that we have like Michelin stars and all this stuff here that like me and her worked at a lot of the best you know, so-called best bars in the city. And then also be like, we're going to be casual. It's kind of a luxury for us to be able to take all that experience and have people still take us really seriously in this space. I think that's a cool thing about DC right now. And just how community oriented it is and has been and will continue to be, you know, there's always been the emphasis here on, you talk about the neighborhoods you're in, you talk about like kind of the institutions that are still part of those neighborhoods. You talk about kind of your close friend circle or, you know, the people that are in whatever sector of business you work in. It's all these very 
tightly woven, close-knit communities that just builds this camaraderie that, you know, you can't quite replicate. Yeah, just the amazing collaboration and, like, how ambitious, like, all those people. Like, like we're really kind of lucky to just, you know, climb the steps that have been built for us here now because of how collaborative this community is. When was the last time you went to the theater? Well, we have a new show for you to check out. The Gala Theater in Columbia Heights is showing the political musical comedy Museum in the Closet, Avida's Return, which follows Argentine icon Eva Perón to the afterlife as her preserved corpse ignites political scandals, clandestine affairs, and mysterious murders. The show is full of samba, reggae, and tango that will have you tapping your feet nonstop. The show is in Spanish with English surtitles and will run from May 9th through June 9th. Get your tickets now at galatheater.org or call 202-234-7174. Yeah, you mentioned that obviously like the DC bar community is really ambitious and with that ambition comes opening your own bar. What is it like to open something that is entirely your own in the city? Can you tell me about that process? We were kind of very lucky in that we were given almost kind of carte blanche as to build the concept from the ground up. I think so much of building the, a great bar is kind of reading the room a little bit in what neighborhood you're kind of moving into and kind of getting a feel for the crowd, getting a feel for who's already there and what kind of service you can provide there. I think we both realized pretty quickly on going back to like the name and everything that the spaces we really loved had a personality. Like one of the first things we kind of said was like, you know, we don't want this to be a cocktail themed cocktail bar. We want it to feel like ourselves. We have we have one golden rule for any idea we have, which is Hearn. If we come up with an idea and usually both of us chuckle at it. It's probably a good sign and we'd write it down and like, oh, this is this we, we can do this. That's where Trouble Bird came from. We both just kind of like chuckled at the name. We're like, oh, shit, we're it makes us both here. laugh. It's a good idea. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you guys said you don't want it to be like a going on it by yourself kind of idea. But also there are perks to being your own boss. But that also means like the unsexy stuff like rules and regulations and hiring people and stuff like that. So what are some of those unique challenges that people kind of don't look for under the surface? Like, are there any weird or interesting liquor rules or requirements to opening a bar? We know I-82 got passed, and so the tipping industry is going to change. How does that affect your bar? Fortunately enough, it's going to change it a lot faster than any of us had anticipated. But the, the challenge there has always been, and I, I will speak for myself, and I'll, I'll let Justin chime in on this afterwards, is this kind of title shift in what it means to be an owner or what it means to have like an ownership and or leadership role where I think towards the end of our tenure, or at least towards the end of like the 2010s, I suppose, I've been lucky to work for a lot of owners that have made it a point to invest in the staff in certain ways. Like, you know, I've had two or th two or three bar jobs now that have all had some form of health insurance, which was unheard of even 10 years ago, for that to be kind of an industry standard. I think the challenge for us has been how to pay it forward to the people that we want to bring on. How do we take how do we take care of everyone in the process, not just ourselves? It's, you know, we can't do this on our own. It's all a team effort. Going back to kind of the uh, initial question here, like as far as like the challenges the city presents, like a lot of it's going to be on the fly. I wish I had like more of a uh, 
grand vision I could say is that we have a really great team. And as far as like I-82 and stuff, there's a lot of imperfect solutions to imperfect problems that we have in the world right now. And I won't speak too much to it because I feel like whatever I say now in six months is going to feel absolutely like a ridiculous scheme. <laughs> right. It's, it's, like, it's, too, it's, too, it's too soon to tell any uh, sort of any sort yeah. of prediction is going to all uh, just get, like whether we're right or not, it's going to blow up in our face in six months. So I think where we're at is is make a plan, see if it works. If it doesn't work, make a new plan. And that's I speak only to the hospitality business. The best thing you could do is be prepared. And when the plan goes south, which it always does, you pivot. As Brent likes to say often, which is uh, essentially, you know, Plans are great. We love plans, but uh, you're going to learn more of running this bar for one week than you ever can in six months of planning, uh, which is kind of where we're at right now. Of We have plans for everything, but uh, all the real problems are probably about two weeks out for us right now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what is it like being in the service industry in D.C. now because you're starting this new thing? I've had a great time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a blast. Like, holy crap! You know, I've never felt the passage of time move more acutely quickly, but also like have never had more of a blast like every step of the way. Yeah, I mean, like you know, obviously we're coming out of like pandemic times here, and like I'd say DC's fairly back to normal at this point, operating wise. But I mean, I think DC like really kind of showed us. They were during the pandemic. Like I heard a lot of horror stories from people. I didn't hear like there were horror stories everywhere, but I feel like DC was really like a great place to be at that time. There was a lot of really heartening rallying around, you know, even with indoor dining bands and masked up. I remember we were still getting regulars that were just there just to do to go orders for food and drink from us just because they wanted to see these places come out the other side okay. Yeah, I think there's a lot of like things outside of that as well that people might not think about as much that kind of the landscape changed a bit. One is uh, the relationship of like restaurants to landlords during the pandemic. So many people were moving out of the city that it kind of forced, you know, apartment buildings, all these like luxury properties to really reconsider restaurants and like retails, like income streams and reconsider them as amenities to these properties and really kind of like examine how those contracts work and how these payments work and like – really kind of see the value that restaurants have to neighborhoods and building up cities and communities in general here. Gotcha. All right. So in building up this community, we're going to do a little rapid fire questionnaire. What is one cocktail or drink that people have to get when they go to Trouble Bird? The disco ball. What is that? I, I, we, I don't, I, 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 it'll, you'll, you'll know it when you see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, it's, it's, it's gonna a literal disco ball. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'd also throw in, uh, get yourself some glitter schlager. Fancy. Will there be a food menu and what will it be like? Italian. Uh, <laughs> teeny tiny little snacks, Italian ingredients, little little uh, Thai sensibility, like fried chicken bows, uh, squash arancinis, the like. I do love an arancini. The Italian me is loving that. What is the vibe check of this place? Give it to me. Oh, the playlist is a blend of hip hop, punk rock and disco upbeat, high tempo, high energy. It's kind of a funky blend. And then we threw it on the speakers and we just kind of fell in love with how much kind of expresses who we are. We're throwing a party at the VFW. Bring your friends. Ooh, fun. What is the inside going to look like? Glittery. <laughs> there will be glitter. There will be disco balls. There will be antique lampshades. It will feel very big for being a jewel box. Dance party at VFW Hall is the theme we went for, and we are very happy with it. It's a little, little bit of like a high-low fun. The the kind of place we really hope Dolly Parton would come party at. Do <laughs> Dolly Parton, please come party with us. Yeah, seriously, Queen Dolly, let's make it happen. <laughs>
I imagine Dolly Parton showing up would answer this question, but what are you both most excited about for this project? I get to work with my best bud. I get to work with my best bud. Aw, that's so cute. A lot of romance in space. Sorry. <laughs> I, and yeah, and just doing doing what I love and getting to work with a lot of cool people top to bottom from, you know, myself, Brent and, and Justin to like, you know, fantastic staff coming in, fantastic staff and meeting the neighbors already. They've been really, really excited for us to us to do the thing. So we're going to do it. Yeah. So return to our kind of roots. Like uh, we think we've both kind of done the high end, high touch cocktail thing for a minute. It's nice to kind of go back to like a neighborhood bar feel, even if it still has some of that high-touch cocktail stuff to it. I will cheers to that. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> well, thank you thank for you. having us. Cheers. <laughs> and before you go, some quick news. The FBI has arrested and indicted a D.C. government employee for allegedly sexually abusing a minor in custody. 61-year-old Kelvin Powell worked in the city's Youth Rehabilitation Services Department he denies the accusations, but the FBI says it has video evidence. Meanwhile, the PG County officer charged with allegedly assaulting a civilian two years ago during a traffic stop has been indicted by a grand jury. The police department says Corporal Anthony Brooke will remain suspended pending the outcome of the indictment. Brooke intends to plead not guilty, and the police department's own internal investigation into Brooke's actions will continue. Also, apartments are getting smaller all over the country, but not in D.C. A study found that on average, renters in the district gained an extra nine square feet over the last decade. That said, we're still seventh on the list of smallest apartments in the U.S. with an average size of 738 square feet. And lastly, here's your D.C. life hack of the day. We're sticking with the Navy Yard theme because Nats baseball is almost here. As many of you know, tickets can be really expensive, but there is a workaround. You can get standing room only tickets for just $5, either at the box office an hour before the game or via the ballpark access pass, which also gives you access to discounts at concession stands. Happy baseball season, everyone. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend over a drink, high test or otherwise at your favorite watering hole? They can rate the show, leave us a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey DC. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya. It's just in Caradonna. Uh, Caradonna, yeah. Caradonna. Caradonna. Yeah, there Mama you go. Yeah, there okay. you go. Oh. Make it sing. All right. Make it sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty. <laughs>